0: Today, I want to have a discussion with you about something that we say to our kids all the time, and I want to be able to reframe this for you and help you to look at something that's so common that every parent, especially dads, say to their kids. Welcome to the Close Quarter Dad Podcast, discussions about raising your kids with confidence, safety, and resilience. I'm your host, Adam Mitchell, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Now, whether it's when they're learning uh, to become better at sports or whether it's something to do with academics or any life skill for that matter that we're trying to teach them. And it takes a certain amount of effort, and a certain amount of repetition for them to be able to capture what it is that they're trying to do, then to be able to develop that skill set and to work themselves towards some degree of uh, expertise or excellence at it. And again, it's most commonly used in sports. It's used in academics, used in all sorts of life skills, and I hope to reframe you, change your paradigm a little bit, give you some value so that going forward, after you watch this, and I share with you the three reasons why you should not say this to your kids anymore, then you're gonna be on a whole new path to helping your kids achieve success. So let's get started. The saying is, practice makes perfect. How many times have you said that to your kids? We say it all the time with the best of intentions too. But one of the things that we have to understand is that practice simply does not make perfect. You see, you can be a little bit wrong, just a little bit wrong. And the only thing that doing something with 10,000 repetitions is gonna do is it's gonna help you to become really good at doing the technique wrong. You see, practice doesn't make perfect because practicing one thing over and over again without the persistence towards perfection and focusing truly on the form and mastering first the formula of what the expectation is. In a personal protection context, it's gonna be doing a technique right, really diving down and understanding why the technique works, how the technique is gonna work, and then being able to discover the movement are the principles or the characteristic of the lesson within many, many different contexts, many different variables, many different scenarios or situations. And then once you have mastery of the technique and you thoroughly understand it, then it's through the persistence of training and doing the technique over and over again with many different variables, will you be able to develop a mastery? But simply trying to sit there and train a technique and doing it over and over again, doing the same thing over and over again, does not make perfect. We don't want our children to be in pursuit of perfection. That's just a great way to build them up, to let them down. So what I wanna do right now is share with you three principal reasons why practice doesn't make perfect. The first one is that practice simply does not create perfection. It just doesn't, as I already shared with you. It doesn't create a skill set that's gonna need to have adaptability to different situations, different circumstances, different ages, different conditions, situations, statistics, and variables. What we wanna do is we wanna make sure that the form part is in place first. You wanna make sure that we get them into a specific area of proficiency and have them work from that platform so that they become proficient, they understand the technique, and as they get into the technique and they understand it with more uh, depth and they're able to apply the technique into all different types of situations with adaptability, then they'll be able to progress forward. But you see, it comes down to, most importantly, making sure that your children have a solid, solid respect for fundamentals and basics and understanding that the basics come first. You're only as good as your basics allow. And If we go in and we start practicing high level or, or more complicated or complex techniques because we want our kid to be the team captain or we want our kid to be the overperformer, well then what we're doing is we're setting them up for degrees of failure. We're building up an expectation level where they may not be able to fulfill and they're going to crash uh, if they can't get there. So we want to make sure that strong focus on the basics. Build those basics up while they get a good, solid comprehension of what the form and the expectation of the form is, and then getting them to understand that, look, you're going to apply this in so many different areas, so you can't get this one thing perfect, but understanding, capturing, and taking ownership of the basic formula of what is expected is the key ingredient to success. The second reason, like I already said, is that perfection simply cannot be gained. Every response is gonna be completely different. Every variable is different, every condition that's coming at them. That they have to negotiate, problem that they have to solve. Every formula is going to have some degree of adaptability that they need to apply to it. Success in a technique follows a formula. In order to get fast at something, you can't go in and just start hitting the bags as fast as you can, practicing hitting it fast over and over and over again until you drop. That does nothing. In order to get fast, what you need to be able to do is you need to focus on form first. And we'll follow this acronym FAST. Form first. Get the form down. Get the basic fundamental uh, structural movement. Get it down. Second is accuracy. Once you have the form down, then you need to understand what is the target that you're going after, what's the desired outcome. Know where the end is, what it is that you're trying to accomplish, and really, really take ownership of that. Once you have the form, and once you understand what where where the endpoint is and what the desired outcome is then we need to be able to map a path to that with the most amount of efficiency possible to get there with the least amount of effort so form accuracy and then speed and you cannot move on to speed until you have an accurate target and you're able to get to that accurate target through a properly and fully ingrained and totally owned form Then following that comes the adaptability, comes the timing. Now, if it's in a martial arts context, or maybe it's you're doing some striking drills or kickboxing or boxing, well then you're gonna be, timing is used based on the initiative of the opponent or the subject or the situation. The timing is gonna be very different getting down from a steep hill that you might be stuck on in the middle of summer versus in the middle of winter. How you're gonna negotiate your steps and how you're gonna end up getting down there is gonna be different. So we wanna remember, form first then accuracy, understanding what your goal or your target is, and being able to really, really define that. Then you go into speed, efficiency, and movement, and getting to that point, getting to become very accurate with every single movement that you do. And then you bring in adaptability based on someone else's movement or their skill set or their strike, then your timing changes, your rhythm, your tempo in movement towards accomplishing that goal. That's how it's done. And this is how a model for training should follow rather than just going right in there saying, practice makes perfect, just keep doing it, keep swinging that bat, trying to hit that ball. And the third point, like I already said, was focus on fundamentals first. Make sure that you really work in in a personal protection context in any of the stuff that I teach inside of close quarter dad, make sure you work those basics first. I have a program that helps dads teach their children basic personal protection techniques and exercises. And I have them, everything is based off of a fundamental eight movement framework. And if from those fundamental eight, if the, if your kids or you yourself train these eight basic techniques, well then those eight becomes 16 and then it becomes 32. And then it becomes pretty much infinite based on the situation based on the circumstances of the different variables that are coming at you. So once you get that form down, then, you're very, then you become accurate with your form. Then you're able to become very efficient and move and understand how to get to that target with the, uh, with the least amount of friction. Well, then you're going to be able to add in timing, but you have to, have to, have to make sure that you have a strong commitment and focus on form. So hopefully I've been able to create a new discussion and a new dialogue inside your head when you're working with your children. So I hope that this has helped you to look at that myth of practice makes perfect in a whole new light. And hopefully you've been able to maybe change the discussion that you're having inside your head of how you work with your children and what steps you should take to help them accomplish small gains, small victories, small goals. And that's through form first and making sure that you have a strong commitment to the basics and the fundamentals and helping them to take ownership of that. Then accuracy, don't move on to accuracy until they have complete ownership of the form. And then from there, most amount of efficiency to get there at the fastest way possible. And then we're able to take some ownership of timing and adaptability and being able to move and maneuver quickly because we already have ownership of the form. We understand our basics. We have less friction to get to where we need to go, and we're able to do it quickly, and we understand what the outcome is that we're trying to accomplish. And every form that we put in place has absolute accuracy. We're able to hit the ball uh, faster because we've practiced the form, the movement, the movement of the hip. We're able to kick a ball with more accuracy. And then from there, we're able to pick it up and go faster. And then from there, we're able to add in different players. We're able to put in the different concepts that I have in some of the other lessons of uh, court vision and peripheral field of vision. We're We're adding in all these different principles. But that doesn't come until our form, accuracy, and speed are in place sequentially. And we've gotten rid of that practice makes perfect thing. I want to thank you for spending time with us on this episode today. It's truly appreciated. I hope you got some value from it. If you want to go ahead and leave any comments or questions, reach out to me directly. I personally answer all of the questions that you have. If you know someone like yourself who may find value in this episode, then please go ahead and share it. We'd also like to ask you to subscribe to Close Quarter Dad. This way you get updated every time a new episode comes out wherever you're listening to this episode. Thank you so much once again, and we'll see you on the next episode of Close Quarter Dad.